people. If you've got your Bibles, you can flip over there with your parents. Uh, parents help, maybe. And, and uh, if you don't have your Bibles, we'll have the words on the screens this morning. been working verse by verse through the book of James. And uh, we find our way. We're going to be finishing up chapter number two this morning as we have worked our way through uh, the book of James to James chapter number two, finishing up this second chapter this morning. What a blessing it is. To have so many people with us this morning, some that are, are new faces, some that are old faces, and we're thankful for everybody that's here, and I uh, want to tell you that I do appreciate you coming and joining us here at Whitehall Baptist Church this morning. James chapter number two, before we dive into the verses this morning, let's have a word of prayer and ask for the Lord's help, and then we will dive into the scriptures this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity you give us to be able to open your words for a few moments. I know, God, that uh, sometimes it can be hard to focus, but I pray that for a few moments we focus in, be able to hear from you, and God, that you would speak clearly to our hearts. I pray for each person that's here. God, that they would hear from you, and God, that uh, we would lift up your scriptures, that your scriptures would be magnified and glorified today, that, that, that your son, Jesus Christ, would be glorified, and ultimately, God, that you'd be glorified this morning. And uh, Father, we just pray now that you would um, speak to each and every heart. Help me, God, as I preach, to, to say only those things that you want me to say. And God, I pray that whenever the service comes to a close, Lord, that we can truly be able to say that we met with you. And God, we look forward to what you're going to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, look with me, if you would, at, uh, at, at James chapter number 2, and we'll read that first verse, verse number 14, together as we begin. The Bible says this, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Now, we're going to finish the rest of this chapter, but this is really the crux, the key verse for the passage that we're going to look at this morning. Last week we, we saw as James finished verse number 13 with a proof of our faith. And, and that proof was something that's impossible to demonstrate in and of ourselves, in and of our, our flesh, in and of, of who we are. The proof that demonstrates uh, that, that God is dwelling, living within us. And that proof was the demonstration of mercy from our life. Realizing that judgment is deserved in someone else's life and yet choosing, even though they deserve judgment, choosing to give them mercy. That is only something that can be done by the empowering of God and the empowering of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. James says that when you choose to give mercy that it triumphs over judgment and it's a proof, a further proof of your salvation. Now simply showing mercy doesn't mean in and of itself that a person is saved, but a person who has received Christ as Savior ought to choose to demonstrate mercy. It's from this place that James comes to verse number 14. In the verses that we will look at this morning, with careful study, we, we will understand in the greater context of Scripture that, that what these verses actually have to say, because many times people will take these verses, specifically verse number 14, and they will pull it out of context and, and, me, and, and point it to mean something that it just simply doesn't mean. Something that, that doesn't agree with the rest of Scripture. You understand that whenever you study the Bible, when you read something that maybe doesn't make as clear a sense to us, the, the best commentary to go to is the scripture itself to study and compare scripture with scripture if the bible says something in one place and seems to contradict in another place it's not a contradiction of scripture it's a contradiction of our understanding of the scripture so this morning as we study the scriptures we want to see exactly what god's word has to say within the context of this passage and as the scripture as a whole so look with me if you would again at verse number 14 because there's a key to the rest of the passage that we're going to see. 
One little word that, that easily is overlooked. Uh, one little word that can be so easily just skipped over and missed. But it's a vital word to understand what we're going to look at the rest of this passage. The Bible says this, What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man, now, now say it with me, say. Though a man say, he hath faith. And have not works, can faith save him? As, as we study this, as you get to the end of that, it, it could say it this way. Can that faith save him? That faith. What, what, what faith is, is it referring to here? Sometimes we think of, of faith in, in connotation with our salvation, and that's very true that that's the way that, that oftentimes it's meant. But here in this passage specifically, the key here is that this is a person who is professing, oh yeah, I've done that. Oh yeah, 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 I've taken care of that. Oh yeah, I made that decision. They, they say that they have faith, but the Bible says there is no works To back that talk up. Say. You ever known someone that could talk a a good talk? Then it becomes increasingly clear that they don't actually know what they're talking about or what they're doing. You ever met somebody like that? Maybe... Maybe you've been there before. <laughs> we, we as men uh, have this thing called pride, right? And uh, we don't want someone to know that we don't actually know something, right? I mean, uh, and so we, you, know, you get around with a group of other guys or something, they're talking about something, and, and you come into the conversation, what do you do? You pretend like you know what they're talking about, right? You know, I mean, you, you, you know enough verbiage that you can kind of input a word here or there that seems like you know what it is that you're saying. But whenever the, the, the moment comes that the, 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 the action has to be set forth, it's very clear, it becomes clear very quickly you have no idea what you're doing you have no idea what you're talking about oh the kids are, are in here with this this morning and 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 kids it can be easy to make them think that and, and make them believe that as a parent you you know pretty much everything i mean that's why they come to you especially when they're young and they come to you and they'll, they'll ask you questions and and you give them an answer and, and the truth is is sometimes as parents they come to you and they ask you questions and you don't know the answer to it so what do you do in that situation you make things up, right? I mean, you, know, you pretend like you do. No, uh, I mean, you, you, you might say things. And, and, but then as they get a little bit older, and, and, and our kids are, are getting there to the point where they'll, they'll follow that up whenever you, you answer the question, they'll say something like this. Well, why? They want more information, more description. They want a little bit more than just the answer that you give. And, and it, as, as, as time goes on, it's only a matter of time before they find out that daddy doesn't know everything, right? Uh, that, that mom and dad may not actually know everything that it seems like they, they know as, as time goes on. Here in James, he says there's some, he's speaking to these first century Christians, some that are professing believers, he said, there's some of you that are merely saying, I have faith. But your actions aren't lining up with your words. I've known many, many people in, in churches who when, when asked if they're saved, if they've, if they've accepted Christ as their Savior, they'll think, say things like this, oh, oh yeah, I, I've done that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, I've always been a Christian. 
Yeah, yeah, my, my whole family, they, they, they grew up in church. If you were down in the South, uh, you, you would hear this many times. Oh, yeah, my, my grandpa was a preacher. I mean, that's every, every person down in the South has a grandpa who was a Baptist preacher. It's just the way that it is down South. I mean, uh, you, you, you can hear things. In fact, just, just a little over a month ago or so, I had a couple that came by during the week and, and were looking for some help. And I sat down here in the back with them and was talking with them about some things. And, and, and I asked them, I said, well, well, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we've done that. The more I talked with them, the more clear it became that they just knew the words. But the actual decision had never taken place. Now the hard part in that, that situation is, is getting somebody who makes a profession to realize that it's just that. It's just a profession. It's not something that they've actually made that decision. You know, this morning, James asked that question to those professor of faith, can, can that faith save a person? Simply say, oh yeah, yeah, I've, I've done that. Oh yeah, I, I, I've, 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 I, I have faith. Someone who professes faith, but there's no works that follow, that professes faith, but, but they never show any fruit. Someone that professes that they have faith from their lips, but never from their heart. Can that faith Save him, James asked, and it's a rhetorical question. Can I tell you what the answer is? No. No. This is a serious matter that we get to because I'm convinced that in, in churches all across the nation, and, and we traveled in evangelism, had the opportunity to preach in a lot of churches all across the Northwest and some in the Midwest and, and even over in the East Coast and things like that, preach in a lot of different churches where there are a lot of people that would say, oh yeah, I've done that before. But when the proof's really in the pudding, there's no, no pudding that's left to show any proof. You see, it's all just words. Oh yeah, I've always been a Christian. Oh yeah, I know all those things. But the decision has never made its way from up here down to here. It has been said that there are people that will miss getting into heaven by only somewhere between 12 and 18 inches, depending on the length of your neck. (laughs) The difference between having a knowledge here, but never accepting it truly here. Simply saying, oh yeah, I have faith. This morning, maybe you say, Kyle, do you, do you believe there's a bunch of people here at Whitehall Baptist Church that aren't actually saved? No, that's not what I'm saying. We're just looking at the next chapter and next verse in the book of James, okay? That's the reason that we're preaching from these verses. But it could be that as we come to these next chapter and this next verse, that, that looking out today, that, that there could be somebody that this message is for you. Because while you've made professions, while you've said the right words, you've never truly accepted Christ in your heart. James, here in the passage, he dives into three types of examples, three tests for a person who says that they have faith. Two of them, he says, listen, these, these first two are people that, that profess, that, that, that talk the talk. But he says, listen, they, they don't walk the walk. There's no proof that they're, even, that they're truly saved. The last examples that he gives is very clearly sums that are. So as he begins, he begins in verses 15 through 17 with the, the talker with no action. The talker 
with no action. Look at verse number 15. The Bible says this. He says, if a brother or sister, he gives this illustration. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Oh, depart in peace, be, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things that are needful to the body. What, what, what does that profit? Can I, can I put it in our language? What good does that do? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. He's going to say that, faith, that, that phrase three different times as he points to the three different people that we're going to talk about this morning. He, he begins with this example. He very specifically says, listen, there's someone that, 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 that is a brother or a sister in Christ. He says, okay, you're claiming to be a believer. You're a claim to be. You're a professor of, of faith. He says, you, you say that, that, okay, yeah, I've done that before. He says, but there's a brother or sister, somebody that is a, a believer that comes and they have this need. He says, they come in and he, says, and he takes it to the extreme. Again, an extreme example to portray a subtle truth. He says, listen, Here's an extreme example. Somebody comes in and he says, they're without clothing, without their needs. They're, they're naked. And he said, and, and they don't have anything to eat. They're in a dire strait. And he said, as they come to you and you see them and you see this great need, you look at them and you say, oh, listen, hey, be filled and, uh, and, and be warm. But you do nothing for them. He says, what good does your words do? You're, you're, you're talking a talk, but your actions aren't backing it up. John would later give a little additional information with this. He, he would give a little additional perspective. As he says in 1 John 3, verse number 17, he says, But whoso hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, says this, How dwelleth the love of God in him? Somebody that does that, he said, how, how can God dwell within him? How can he truly be saved? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. You know what he's saying there? He says this, your actions prove what you say is in your heart. He says, if you simply just talk, if all you do is say, oh, hey, listen, hey, take care. I hope all your needs are met. Hey, uh, be warm. He said, if all you do is you talk a talk, but there's never any action to follow it up. He says, it could be there's never been a true decision. It's only words. John says, how can this person who is truly saved see a brother or a sister in Christ in need and not do what, what they can do to help meet the needs of that person? James answers that question in verse number 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. He says, that faith, simply put, says, listen, that faith with no actions is dead. Now understand what, what James is not saying here. He's not saying that just because you do good things that you are saved. That's not what he's saying here. There are many people, many organizations doing good things that don't know Christ. Okay, that's, that's not what he's saying here. What James is saying is because you talk a good talk doesn't mean that you've truly accepted Christ. It's more than just saying a prayer or repeating some words. You understand that? I remember uh, whenever I was in, uh, in high school, we went to a, to a Bible college not to, too far away from us. and I think I shared this before, but, but we went there and that week we, we got there and they had a big outreach, a big push that week. And, and I remember as we, we got there, we got talking with some of the people that were there and they said, listen, they said this last week... 
just in this last week, the last seven days, they said, we've seen 21,000 people get saved. As a teenager, I'm like, that's incredible. (laughs) That's amazing. And then we heard later that there were people that were leading people to Christ that didn't know English and they didn't know their language. And and, uh, what it was was just, hey, just say these words and then you'll go to heaven. Listen, friend, that's not how it works. And there are some that are depending on a profession of faith, a talk that, listen, doesn't get you any closer to heaven. Salvation is a decision that a person makes to put their trust in Christ, not merely saying some words. And James is challenging these first century professors to check themselves. Because just like no doubt is the case today, there were many going around professing to know Christ, but never having actually trusted Him as their Savior. If there are no works that follow in your life, that demonstrate that you are a Christian, can I tell you what what James tells us? Listen, this is what he's getting to here. It should cause us to ask two questions. The first question, am I truly saved? Am I truly saved? If there's no no works, no works that follow our words, no no actions that follow the things that we say, it should ask us, it should cause us to ask this first question, am I truly saved? Because it could be that you've been depending on your grandma's religion. It could be that you're depending on, well, I've always been a Christian. It could be that it was just words, but you never actually put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Am I truly saved? Listen, the second question is this. I know that I'm truly saved. So why aren't there works that follow? And can I tell you, oftentimes it's, it's because of sin in our life. Sometimes it's because of selfishness in our life. I just don't have time. I just, uh, I just don't have time for that, for, 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 for that thing. It could be a, an issue of surrender of our heart to God. This morning, if you're just talking the talk and not actually walking the walk, be good to ask the question. Am I a talker with no action? Why is that? James goes on to the second person. He says, first of all, the talker with no action. Then he says this in verses 18 through 20, the believer with no trust. The believer with no trust. Look at verse number 18 with me in James chapter number 2. He says this, Yea, a man say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is death? James gets into this conversation, this example of a dialogue between two people. And, and, and one of the things that's, that's difficult, because we know whenever the Scriptures were recorded for us, there was no punctuation that was put in. You understand that, that in the original Greek, in the original manuscripts, the Greek, the Hebrew, uh, the, the original writings, and things like that, uh, the, there was no punctuation, just like there were no verse numbers. All right? uh, th- those, the, the punctuation, the verse numbers were inspired. Later on, people would go in and, and to help us to understand, to be able to read it a little bit better they put punctuation in but unfortunately they didn't they didn't put any quotation marks here so so it's kind of hard to to see where where this conversation is kind of going where, where it's coming from but I, I believe really that the the quotation could be in the first part of that verse number 18 
Where he says, Yea, a man say, in this first part, Thou hast faith, and I have works. He says, listen, he says, this, this guy comes and he says, well, you know, I, I, I have faith and you have the works. You do your thing and I'll, I'll do my thing. Listen, the, the one thing that really matters here, this is what he's getting at. The one thing that really matters here is, is just that we, and you've probably heard this, is just that we, we all believe. We all believe. I mean, it doesn't really matter if, if a person does, does works following, uh, you know, if they got saved or not. That, that, that isn't really what matters. That's what he's saying here. That's not really what matters. What really matters is if we all believe. Hey, I've got faith. You've got works. But listen, what really matters is that we all believe. You say, Kyle, why do you think that? Because of the very next verse. <laughs> Look at verse number 19. <laughs> he says here, Thou believest that there is one God... Whoop-de-doo. I mean, that's what he says there. Thou doest well. That's, that's what he says. Good for you. The devils also believe and tremble. You know, the Bible tells us in, in Mark chapter number 1, Jesus, he's, he's teaching in a synagogue. When a man that's possessed with a demon cries out. In Mark chapter number 1, verse number 24, the demon cries out. And he says to him, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Often throughout the Scriptures, when the Pharisees and the scribes, they they didn't believe who Jesus was. When when the Jews would reject Him, and, and when His own family doubted who He was. Listen, it was the demons that cried out and proclaimed that He indeed was God. But just because the demons believed in who Jesus is, didn't bring them any closer to salvation. And that's what James is dealing with here. James James is making things very clear. He says, just because you say that you believe in God, doesn't mean that you're truly saved. A faith and a belief simply in who God is isn't enough for salvation. He said, listen, the demons believe that that Jesus is God. The demons believe that God is all powerful. The demons, the devil believes that. But listen, they're not going to heaven. And friend, just because you believe in something doesn't mean that you're saved. And that's what James is dealing with here. James again gives that clarifying statement, faith without works is dead. Just because you believe it doesn't make it enough. Jace, I'm going to use you for a second. Come here for a second. Jace is going to come up here and he's going to help me with with something this morning. You stand right here. So I, w- I was glad that you, you were going to be in here this morning so you could help me with this illustration, okay? So Jace is, uh, Jace is, is like most kids. He's a, uh, he's a candy lover, okay? He just is, right, Jace? You like candy, right? Now, why did you me? Because I knew that you did, all right? All right. So Jace, Jace likes candy. Jace loves candy. Now, we're going to pretend this morning I, I have a Reese's 
with me this morning, okay? It's a single Reese's. It's one of the small ones. It's not a big one because that's all that I could give him, okay? But this is, uh, th- th- this is a Reese's. I was going to do this with a Dr. Pepper, and then I was like, there's no way I'm giving an entire Dr. Pepper to my kid. And so uh, whenever I could drink it myself, you know? And so, uh, but, but I had this, th- this Reese's. Now, now, Jason, have you had a Reese's before? Do you remember? Do you know? Have you ever had one of these? Rice sounds like rice. Yeah, it's not rice. Okay, so, so yeah, th- this is a this is a Reese's, and uh, as you can tell, we haven't practiced. Okay, so this is a Reese's, and and Jay says he's never had one before. We're going to pretend like he hasn't had one if he has had one. Now, now listen, I could tell Jace, listen, this is delicious, and Jace could believe that this Reese's is delicious. Jace could could believe with all of his heart that that whenever he puts it into his mouth, that it's going to melt. And it's going to taste just oh so, so good. But until he actually partakes of it, he can't truly know just how good it is. So Jace, here, we're going to do this, okay? You said you've never had a Reese's before, okay? Mommy's watching, okay? Usually daddy does this when she's not watching, but we'll do it while she's watching this morning, okay? You've got to put this whole thing in your mouth, okay? Ready? There you go. All right, chew it up. Okay? Chew it up. Eat it. Okay? No, I'm going to ask you a question. Is, is it pretty good? Yeah, is it pretty good? Yeah. Is, does, it, uh, does it taste pretty sweet? Yeah, it melts in your mouth, kind of. Yeah. Now Jace has tasted of it, and he can say with confidence that a Reese's is by far the best candy that you could get. Good job, Jace. You can go sit down. So. <laughs> Do you know you can believe in God? believe the stories about him, you can believe what people have told you about him, that he's good, but until your belief brings you to a moment of action, you can't truly be saved. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans chapter number 10, verse number 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Listen, friend, it's more than just simply a belief. Do you see that there? There's more than just belief there. There's action that follows. There's a confession with with our mouth, with our minds, a conscious decision in saying, God, you are God. God, I am a sinner. And God, I need to be saved. God, will you forgive me for my sins? Oh yes, you have to believe to be saved, but believing in who God is, believing in what He did is not enough. You have to accept it for yourself. You have to receive it for yourself. You have to partake of it for yourself. And that's what James is getting at here. He says, listen, the devils, they believe. They tremble. But they're not going to heaven. He says, there's some of you that listen, you're looking and saying, you know what, hey listen, it's good enough, as long as we all believe, hey, I've got faith, you've got action, but that doesn't really, all that matters is if we all believe, no, 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 friend, no, 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 true salvation should have works that follow, true salvation is more than just a belief. So the first person we saw was the talk with no action. The second then that we saw was the believer with, with no trust. And the final that we'll see to here is the works that show justification. 
The works that, that show, that demonstrate justification. Okay? James gives two Old Testament examples of what a true believer looks like. Look with me, if you would, at verse number 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect or complete? The scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how by, that, that by works a man is justified, not by faith alone. So the first example is, is Abraham that he gives. He gives this example of Abraham in Genesis chapter number 22 is is the passage that he's talking about here. Abraham leads his only son Isaac up Mount Moriah. And you'll remember the story. One day he wakes up and God tells him, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son, your promised son, Isaac. And he said, I want you to take him to Mount Moriah and I want you to sacrifice him there. I want you to offer him there. Abraham, the Bible tells us, the next day he wakes up, he he saddles his donkey, grabs his up and they, they start their way, Isaac and tail. They're making their way there and, and finally they get to the place where, where Abraham tells the servants to stop and, and they climb off the donkey and they, they begin up the hill and, 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 and as they're making their way up there, Isaac acknowledges, he looks and he says, Dad, he said, I see that you got some fire. I see you got some sticks. But where's the lamb? And Abraham in faith says, Son, God will provide himself a lamb. They reach the top of Mount Moriah and as they're up there, The Bible tells us that Isaac is bound and and laid down on that altar. Listen, this was just as much faith by Isaac as it was by by Abraham that God was going to do this. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that, that, that Abraham believed that God would raise up his son if he took his life from him. That's how, how much he was, he was going to trust God and he was going to follow through with what God told him to do. Uh, he's up there and, and, and Abraham, this man that's over 100 years old with his teenage son that easily could have overpowered him. Isaac was, was bound. He's on that altar and... Abraham, the Bible says, he raises that knife to take his son's life, his only son's life. And God cries out two times, Abraham! Abraham! And Abraham stops. And he looks over. And this, this, this example of Christ there, substitutionary sacrifice. The Bible says there's a ram caught by its horns in a thicket of thorns. How cool. And Isaac and Abraham take that that ram and they sacrifice it for God. That's the example that that James points to here. He says, listen, uh, he's justified by faith. That's that's what he points to here. And, And then he goes on and he gives the example of Rahab. Verse number 25, likewise also was Rahab the harlot justified by works when, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. So, so here they are, we, we, we have the story of Rahab. Rahab, we know she was there in, in, in Jericho and, and, and God is going to give this great victory to, to Israel there in Jericho. The, the walls of Jericho are going to fall down, but before that happens, uh, Joshua sends in a couple of his, uh, his spies. They go in to spy out and, and they get in there and, and Rahab hides them and, and and as they're there, as they're hiding in there, the, the Bible tells us that, that, that before she sends them away, there's this, this key verse in Joshua chapter number 2, verse number 11. She says to him this, as soon as, as we had heard these things, our heart didn't melt. She said, we know that, that God's going to give this land over to you guys. We've heard of what's happened. 
She said, neither did there remain any more courage in any man. Why? Because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven and in earth. Beneath, in that moment, she was identifying, she was recognizing exactly who God is. She said, listen, you're God. He, he, he is the one true God. He, he's the only God. I, I, I believe in Him. I'm trusting in Him. So, so as we, we look at this, as we read these verses, it would be easy to jump to the conclusion, okay, so it must have been in the Old Testament, they were saved by works. In the New Testament, they were saved by faith. Clearly, that must be what the Scripture's teaching here. But that's not what the teach- Scripture's is teaching here. Because that would be contrary to the rest of the teachings of Scripture. No, Romans chapter number 4 gives us additional insight. Paul gives additional insight in detail into, to, to Abraham and it carries over to Rahab as well. Listen to what's said in, in Romans chapter number 4 verse number 1. It says, what shall we say then? That Abraham our father is pertaining to the flesh hath, hath found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So listen, if, if Abraham saved by his works, then, then he'd be looking and say, hey, look at what I did. Look at what, how I obtained my salvation. Verse number three, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now here's these verses, we quote them so often. Now to him that worketh is the reward reckoned, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. There it is again. There it is again. It's in direct reference to this story of of Abraham. He says, listen, if Abraham was saved by his work, then Abraham could look at God and say, God, you owe me. No, 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 no. Verse number five. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Abraham wasn't saved by works and neither was Rahab. They were the saved the same way that everyone else gets saved. By grace through faith. That's what verse 23 is saying. It says this, And the scripture was fulfilled, saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Listen, this is the way that we should see it. Okay, This is the, the understanding that we should get here. The, the verse number 21 when it says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works? What's it talking about here? It's saying this, listen, he's justified. He, it was declaring, it was showing, it was demonstrating. Listen, his works were demonstrating that he was justified. That's what the scriptures are saying here. That's what, that's what James is pointing to. Listen, the, 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 they, because of his works, it is declaring that he is righteous. His works followed his decision. It, it was the, their works that declared that they had been saved. Verse number 25, Rahab was justified. He was declared to, she was declared to be righteous high by her works. Because of her works, they were a proof of something that had already taken place. She had already been saved. And now her actions were demonstrating a decision that she had already made. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, we we, we quote it so often, but we often stop there. The Bible says this, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We always stop there. We always stop there. Because we know, okay, we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's not of works. If it was, we would say, look at what I could do. 
No, we know that we're saved by grace through faith. But listen to what he says this. Verse number 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You know what he's saying there? He says that he's before, he's before ordained that when we get saved, that we should do good works. That's what Christians should do. That's what believers should do. They were saved by grace through faith, and Christ had called them to do good works. Listen, friend, they were not saved, this, don't miss this, they were not saved by their works, but their works showed that they were saved. They were not saved by their works. Their works showed that they were saved. They demonstrated something that they had already done. I told Tressa I was going to use her in an illustration, and I told her I wasn't, and now I'm going to use her in an illustration. So, babe, can you come up here for a second? She, last night I told her, and she was so mad. I told her, I said, I'm going to have you come, and, and uh, I thought that our marriage was going to end right then, and so, but, uh, so I, never, I never have her in here, and so I'm going to use her, but she doesn't have to say anything, she just has to stand here, okay, so Tresta and I, um, and I wrote this down, because otherwise I'll forget it, okay, Tresta and I, we got married 11 years, 2 months, and 24 days ago, okay, I just did that off the top of my head, okay, uh, but <clears throat> we're, we, we got married on August the 6th, 2011, now, if I had told you 12 years ago, if I told you 12 years ago that she and I were married, you would have thought I was nuts. And she would, have, she would have disagreed as well because I hadn't earned that yet. I hadn't put a ring on her finger, okay? And she would have said, no, 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 we're not married yet. See, see, there's something missing here, okay? Uh, that, that's, just, that's just the reality of it, okay? It would have, it would have been a false statement. But if, if, I, if I said, yeah, but I, but I really, really believe that we're married, she said, it doesn't matter what you believe, it's just not, it doesn't make it true, okay? It's, it's still, still false. But today, when you see the ring on our fingers, do you have your, are you wearing yours today? Yes, she's wearing a ring, okay. I forgot about that part, so. When you see the ring on our fingers, when you see that, that I can go over here and I can, I can hold her hand, I can put my arm around her, this is, I mean, nobody else gets to do this, right? Okay? And she gives me kisses. <laughs> You're ruining, <laughs> you're ruining my inner illustration, babe. You would look at this, and if she was to kiss me, you would say, you know, I know we live in kind of a messed up world, but you would look and you'd say, you know what, those are, those are proofs that you are married, right? I mean, like, you know, I, you know, we're not just going around here. Like, I'm not walking around here holding hands with everybody, okay? It's, uh, you know, it's, she's my wife, right? You know, and so I hold hands with her. I, 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 I hug her. Sometimes when nobody's looking, I kiss her. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> we do those things. What is it? It's a proof of a decision that we made back on August the 6th, 2011, that we decided then that we were going to get married. Thanks, babe. You can, you can go sit down. <laughs> Jesus gives us an illustration in Matthew chapter number 7 that kind of that clarifies some things. In Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 20, he says this, Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. What Jesus and then James is telling us today 
is that you can have works without faith, but true faith will always have fruit. Friend, is there any any fruit, any works of Christ in your life? Any proofs that show, yeah, yeah, I'm saved. If there isn't, then you must ask that question that we said earlier. Am I truly saved? Have I just been talking a talk, but I've never truly accepted Christ? Have Have I said that I believe in God, but I've never truly put my faith and trust in Him? Can I tell you, friend, if if that's the faith that you're trusting in, something that, oh yeah, I've done that, oh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Verse number 26 finishes, as, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. If there's no, no actions that follow what you say, first question is, God, am I, have I just been playing a game? But then there's that second question. Because there's no question that there are some in this room that yes, you are saved. I mean, like, you, you could nail it down. Listen, you, you could go back to a place, a time and a point where you made that decision where you said, Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I know that I need to trust in you as my Savior. Will you forgive me for my sins? And, and, and you prayed something, you said something similar to that. But there was a conscious decision uh, that, that you made a conscious decision in that moment. Listen, it wasn't that you were always saved because your parents grew up in church. No, no, no. You made a conscious decision for yourself. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I may not know all the details, I may not know all the theological terms, but I know this, I am a sinner, and I, I need a Savior. And maybe you're in this room, and you say, you know what, Kyle, I know that I made that decision. Then, friend, the second question is there. How's your works? How's your fruit? Is there any? Is there any desire for fruit? Is there any desire to work for God? And if you say, you know what, Kyle, it's it's buried pretty far deep. It's it's pretty far down in there. Then, friend, it could be that you need to ask the Lord, Lord, is there sin in my life? There's something between me and you that's keeping me from from serving you the way that I should. God, is it it an issue of selfishness? That God, I I just don't have time to serve you. No, no, no. Listen, He took the time to leave heaven and come to this earth to die on the cross so that you could have eternal life. The least we can do is, is give our life back to Him. Maybe it's an issue of surrender. Oh, but it's mine, it's my time, it's my, it's mine, it's mine. I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to do works for God. This morning it could be that, oh yes, you, you know Him as your Savior, but you have no idea what it means to be a servant. And this morning... You need to say, God, help me to have fruit. Fruit for you.
Because God, when I have fruit, it's a proof in my heart that God, you are my Savior. Just like last week when we display mercy, it's a proof that God, you are my Savior. This morning, I hope we'll have a church full of people that say, God, give me fruit. Works that show, God, you are my Father, and I am your child. You're my Savior, and I am your servant. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed this morning. See, the truth is, true faith works. True faith works. That's what it does. There's action behind our faith. And if there isn't any action, then that means there's a problem. It means there's some things that need to be examined, need to be looked over, need to be refreshed in our lives. Sometimes a fruit tree will bear fruit, but then it can have a year where it doesn't. And oftentimes it's because it needs pruned. There's things that need to be removed from it so that it can bear fruit. And maybe in your life there's some things that need to be removed so that you can bear fruit that honors and pleases God. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can make that decision right where you're seated. You can pray and say, Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I need your salvation. Will you forgive me for my sins? I'm putting my trust in you. Friend, you can do that right where you're seated this morning. And I'd encourage you, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, if you've been playing a game and and you've been talking the talk, and oh yeah, I believe that, but you've never made that decision, oh, I hope you make it today. Right where you're at. And then I hope you let somebody know. You are a Christian this morning and there, there isn't the fruit that should be there. Hope you ask the Lord to examine your heart. To prune those things that need to be pruned. So there can be some proofs that there was a day in your life where you made a decision to trust Christ as your Savior. With heads bowed and with eyes closed, the music's going to play. Let's stand together as it does. Father, bless this invitation time now. Help us, Lord, to respond in our hearts to you. We pray in Jesus' name.